welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy Podcast. You're here with me, Ainsley. And with me, Kieran. Yes, and we are joined once again by a very, very, very special guest. Possibly one of the most special Indeed, guests we've had so far. <laughs> so, um, you're welcome to join uh, Vinegar Strokes, alum of season one of Viewport Drag Race UK, Black Boy Joy. Welcome, Vinegar. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Vinegar. Hello. Oh, thank you for having me, boys. Thank you for having me. I'm very upset that you two are drinking wine and I'm on a cup of tea today. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wine party. We should, like... For me, it's a central Monday night drink, like. Yeah, I was going to say. I feel like you need to send a pack out to every, every person you have on. You just send them a pack of wine and you just say, drink this before we start. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Come I think, yeah. yeah, that is like a good representation of the level that we're always on on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we should start by saying uh, very happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. I'm 21 again. 21 no, again. <laughs> I'm like 36. I can't believe that I'm actually 36. It's ridiculous. Um, but thank God I still look quite young. So You do. They do I'm say that. Black don't crack, don't they? Black don't crack. He's got exactly. a I always put put down to smoking. A friend of mine, um, who's who's mixed race, um, he goes to me, "Oh, do you think that I'm gonna crack or not?" Because he said because he's mixed race, like it could go either way for him. <laughs> I said, "You know what? 50, 50. Stop, stop smoking because that smoke is gonna is gonna aggravate the white jeans." So you need to you need to stop, and he's like, right? <laughs> he, he just turned thirty, and I was like, "You're gonna look really old in five years, just so you're aware." So I always find <laughs> Well, that's not the case of you. You're looking. You're looking. Oh no! Well, I've got a big light on me as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like. It's the biggest cliche going, but it is just a number after a certain age. Just it's a number. Just a number, and you're as long as you're happy. Like, as long as the man you feel, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There we are. Like, <laughs> I can be like, "Hi, how old are you? You're 21. Great, let's go." <laughs> how did you celebrate? Um, I just got very drunk. It was great. Um, I was meant to go out and do this kind of boat thing. I I, I booked this like this like speedboat thing that we we're gonna like jump on and like on like not on the Thames but on the canals of like Paddington like ride around but it was so windy on the Friday they were like we've cancelled it sorry so um what I do I just went out and got, and got some food and I just had lots of gin and we just kind of like, hang out in Soho and um just kind of obviously we can't dance anywhere because of the current situation so we just all just hmm. sat down at tables and just just got really drunk it was great what is so hard like now that um that everyone's like locked down and yeah it feels soho's now turned into like spain almost like you go there and from like five until like 10 they just put out all the chairs and tables out, out on compton street so essentially it feels like you're like going full like fiesta fiesta like in spain mm -hmm. um but it's quite nice you just can't do anything like we went to heaven um on one of the nightclubs um, afterwards, and we were like, we have to sit at a table, we can't mingle with, with other people. Um, so it was okay, it was just a bit like, I wish we could kind of like have a dance or something like that. So I, I like to go kind of dance, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, but we couldn't do that, so I was like, okay, cool. But it was fun, like, I was with all, all my friends, and my and my brother was there as well, so we had, we had a good old time. So yeah, I think that's that, good, nice birthday, yeah, like. Now, especially like now that it's summer, there's been so much like great, like great songs that's come out, especially like for us 
I'm talking like today, I was, um, I'm completely obsessed with, you know, Dua Lipa, Don't Start Now. Oh yeah, don't start now. Don't yeah, start now. I'm yeah, yeah. Com- I'm completely upset. I'm not usually. I'm not like I wouldn't have said myself that like I was a fan of Dua Lipa before, mm. but now like she has some bangers now and all that. I'm just happy. I'm happy that that people were still able to release albums because I think I feel like we've had some great albums this summer. We've had, we had a bit of Gaga's new album. I thought I thought was great. Um, mm. Who else? Who else was I loving? Um, Oh my god! I brought I brought their vinyls as well. Like I brought a whole bunch of vinyls. Jesse Ware's new album is. Oh my! Amazing. I'm such a huge I'm such a huge fan of Jesse Ware's. Oh, new album. I love Jesse Ware. Uh, Leanne Havis has got a new album. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Um, Chloe and Halle as well. Yeah. yeah. Chloe yes. and Halle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's oh, who else? Um, I've, I've even got into Harry Styles this summer as well. Like oh. his new album is is brilliant like it's brilliant and of course we've got to also mention cardi b and megan and megan the stallion oh, as well. wow. oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow i'm obsessed with the song obsessed with the video i'm waiting for me to do it in drag of some sort i've got to say it's growing on me when i first heard okay. it i thought it was i was like Meh. and then now like I keep hearing it i'm thinking you know what i'm slightly starting to like it but when was the last time you heard a hip-hop song which was that Dirty. I don't think I've heard one since Lil Kim. I agree. Probably not yeah. as well, yeah. Especially, in the, especially in the main in the mainstream as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. It's gone to number one. I'm just happy. These two gorgeous, gorgeous black women um, who are talking about sex and being overtly filth. And number one, I'm like, yeah, go for it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with song. I absolutely love it. Um, I've never even heard of Me- Megan Megan Thee Stallion until now. I'm like, now, now I'm obsessed with her. So yeah. Just, so oh, don't don't yeah. come for me. But like, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love Megan Thee Stallion. I think she's a great rapper. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of Cardi B. Oh. <laughs> 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 How? Okay. So I understand that Cardi B can be very. I don't want to say controversial, but I, I don't think she's controversial. I just think she's kind of marmite. Like you have, you really have to like her or you don't. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I think it's always like you're either team Nicki Minaj or team Cardi B or just team Bad. I'm very versatile, wink, wink. So I, I'm very <laughs> love Nicki, love Cardi. Um, you know, love them both. <laughs> I am um, team Nicki, one hundred. I I'm think not, I'm, not even I'm one of these people with Cardi. It's her personality, or like. I like, yeah. I like, I like Cardi's personality, and then, like, I don't think she's not a great rapper. Like, I'm not going to say pretend she is, but she does have quite a few bops. I think um, I'm never going to be looking at her thinking, oh, you know, she's a queen of hip hop or anything. But she's she's fun. She's like, you'd, you'd, like if you, she's the kind of person you'd want to bump into if you're walk if you randomly walk around New York or something. She looks so you know, fun. Hip hop is like, Missy Elliott. Let's be honest, the queen of hip hop is Missy Elliott. Of course, um, yeah. And if you want to go hardcore, because she's well more pop hip hop. Um, if one of them more hardcore hip hop, oh my god, I feel like we we need to go, go back to like Debrat, mm-hmm. Lil Kim back in the mm, day, yeah. Um, yeah. Queen Latifah had a yeah. moment, but like, do you know what I mean? But Missy for me is the queen of hip hop pop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he follows me on Twitter as well, and I was like, oh, oh really? <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but Missy Elliott follows me. And you know when you have that one person who follows you, just that one random um, 
you just go, why has this happened? And why is this the best day of my life? Yeah. It's the other year said, said follow. Um, I'm sure and I'm sure if she realised that she followed, she'd be like, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it a secret from her. And, you know, yeah. Um, love Missy, though. Love her. Yeah. She's that is amazing. She's legit timeless. I, I don't think she could ever be... Like, if you listen to it, if you listen to something twenty years ago, it still sounds fresh now. So mm-hmm. I agree. Exactly, with you. exactly. Right. And I think I think some people need to hear her stuff because the stuff that some people coming out, I'm like, no. The thing with Missy Elliott for me is that like I was a bit younger when I first. How old are you? Um, we're both well. I'm 29. Kieran's 30. So I was like, okay. just like just leaving, kind of like. Uh, uh, primary school, going to secondary school, mm. and I'm hearing these songs like fucking like One Minute Man and stuff. Mm. I'm all like singing, like, singing along to it, and then like now I'm like, what is a One Minute Man? One minute man. <laughs> can, I, can I just say oh. it wasn't? It wasn't until I saw someone tweeted last, literally last year, 2019, about One Minute Man. I'd never even st- I hadn't heard the song in years. I'd never stopped to even think about the lyrics. And I thought, oh right, that's what she's talking about. <laughs> And, now, and I think we can now confess we've met a few one one minute mans. I mean, I've met a few thirty second men. Do you, know what I mean? <laughs> you get what you can get. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the slim. Oh, I could tell you some stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, um, let's um, not go rated R just yet. <laughs> Well, yeah, give it, give it 20 minutes. I mean, I, I, I have that effect on people, literally. People talk to me. I'm like, yeah, I'll say something. They're like, well, let's talk about sex. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast about racism and misogynistic. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't won, but I haven't won. <laughs> I guess we should probably talk about drag race. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, God, yeah. yeah, that thing, drag race. Yeah. <laughs> So, what do you want to know about Drag Race? What do you want to know? I mean, I feel like the question about Drag Race, I imagine you must have answered like time and time and time again about mm-hmm. about it. But I guess like, how long ago was it now? Was it like two years ago? Oh, it feels like two years ago. So we got announced on my birthday last year, on the mm. 21st of August, but we filmed it in March that year. So, so effectively, I filmed it like a year and year and a half ago I just say right, um, yeah. and yeah and it was it was an amazing experience I mean it was f- so funny because at, at that same time I was doing the West End show Jamie, yeah. Jamie. so I was doing that and um, and I uh, I was working with Michelle Visage on that show um, around the Christmas time now we, we had heard about we had the announcement that Drag Race was coming to the UK around Christmas time when she was in there. So I said to her, oh, I might, I might audition for it. Who knows? And she was like, don't ask me no questions. Can't help you. But I was like, okay, I won't. Obviously, I won't because I'd rather get on. A lot of people were like, you only got onto Drag Race because you know Michelle Versace. I was like, no, because... Plenty of other of the queens know Michelle Visage, like from times working with her on other stuff, and you know we got on because of our own merits. And and I would hate to think that I would have got on on a TV show because I know someone. I'd be like, well, that's a bit mm. of a cheat. So um, I got off on my own back. I did the video. I did I did the audition. Um, 
what I got told when I actually got eliminated um, by by one of the talent producers was like, actually, when they saw my my video, um, I was they, they, they literally cast me straight away. So I was like, oh, cool, that's that's really good to know. So I did a good job with the video. But yeah, it was such a it was such a incredible um, you know experience. Um, and especially because at the same time I was, I was doing the West End show and doing this TV show, and I kind of like uh, for about you know from August till like November, I was kind of doing West End and TV at the same time, which is like a dream come true for a lot, lot of performers. Um, and yeah, it was just one of the things where, you, where I look back and go, my gosh, I had no regrets because obviously I went in with what I knew at the time. Because uh, a lot, lot, lot of people say to me now, oh, um, a lot of people say that my, that my makeup's like improved loads, which I think it has, the wigs have improved, but everything's kind of improved since then. And I've had a few, few people like comment and say, oh, why, 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 didn't, why didn't you do that on Drag Race? Why didn't you wear that on Drag Race? I'm like, look, you can't go on to a reality TV show and try and pretend to be something you're not. You go in with what you know at the time. It's like with Bake Off. If you know how to make a lemon drizzle cake, but yeah. you don't know how to make crumpets, you're probably going to do great at the lemon drizzle, but the crumpets will be will be rubbish. But then a year later, you could make the best crumpets ever because yeah. you make time to work on that crumpet recipe. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, like I went in with what I knew. Um, I thought I brought I brought the best I like I could have at the time um, with the time constraints and everything kind of, you know, kind of battling against it. I brought everything I did um, and I was happy that I came out with, with, with a great edit. So, cause you know, yeah. you, can, you can go, you can go into a show being the nicest person, but if you're, but if you're in the room and the person you are in the room is, is a bit of a bitch, they're probably going to use that, that bitchy side of yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of the story, you know what I mean? So I'm glad that I came off with a bit more of like a, I don't know, like just like a nice kind of. I don't. I don't want to say the truth royale, but that kind of. That yeah. kind of you know, just being just being a really good energy in in the group. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I'm so I'm glad. I'm glad that's what that's what I came up off with at the end of the day. Um. But I always do say it'd be interesting to see if I if I got on the show with what I know with my drag now. How would how would the, the, the looks be? How would how how would everything be now if I had that same brief? Um like today as opposed to a year ago do you know what I mean yeah um, no, it was great it was it was so, such a great experience and it was great to be part of the first bunch as well yeah um, you know everyone likes the first bunch you can't you can never beat the first bunch I don't think. yeah so, for sure but, yeah yeah it's cool I mean so you were just saying just then that like you think that like it went well and that like um you gave it you could but so personally for me as a viewer like I said because I've watched so many seasons of Drag Race I mm. think that like a lot of the queens have like an eye for what's going to happen after it's finished. And I think from the show, like one of the best things for you to do is like to come out like relatively unscathed. So you mentioned having a good edit, you mentioned coming across like quite well. And I think you did that. And um, I think um, you, yeah, I think you represented yourself quite well. I think yeah. you didn't embarrass yourself in the lip sync, which is my, basically the only part of, that's my favourite part of Drag Race <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I, I did something I was going to walk around going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favourite moves and I still do it to this day literally one two three slap <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's great um, no it's true like you know you, you, you come out of it and you do kind of well, first of all, you come out and you're like, "Oh my God, what just happened?" You, 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 you know, it's like when, when you think of the bad stuff before you. Yeah, think of, of course. The good yeah. Stuff. 
Honestly, I'm, I'm very new to um, to the world of, of reality TV. I've done obviously a lot of theatre um, and whatnot, but I'm very new to that world of entertainment and showbiz, as it were. So, um, so I think when you come out, you only think they're going to use the bad stuff of you. It's like it's like you know when you get the comments on YouTube, you can have a hundred. Um, you can you can have 99 amazing comments on, on the video, but you'll get one comment where someone says you look shit or whatever, and yeah. you focus on that one. Mm, one of course, one, yeah. Like, like, and amazing. So in that respect, I definitely focus more on oh, I said this, which was really stupid, or I I I fell over. Well, I didn't fall over, but I, I fell over because yeah. oh, that, that was really stupid. Like you use the things that you perceive as being really dumb and really stupid, and actually when you watch it and go, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was really good. Oh yeah, that was really good as well. Oh, that was, that was quite funny. Oh, I'm really funny there. I'm really sweet there. Do you know what I mean? You kind of, yeah. you forget about this stuff. So it took me a while to really be comfortable with it even coming out, I suppose. Yeah. And I, um, and yeah, and so I definitely, as you said, you know, you, you, you come out and you, you kind of have an eye of what could happen afterwards. Yeah. And I definitely thought, okay, if I, I can either sit and, and worry about what's going to happen, or I can go, right, let me, let me get organised with, with some pictures, uh, some music, some bits, some content to put on, on my social media, and to kind of, you know, make some lemonade out, out of these lemons, as it were. Yeah. yeah. I, How did you find the filming experience? So, um... I assume they've got quite like a big camera crew when you're there. Did was it was it hard to sort of be yourself? Did you feel nervous or was it quite natural? How how did you find that? Yeah, do you know what? I think I really took the word reality quite to heart. Like I was like, I'm not gonna come in and try and produce myself. I'm I'm a big fan of drag race. And I thought mm. and I I think we all know that when you watch a show like, like Drag Race, you know the people who are being ornately themselves in the moment. Mm. Yeah. I play a Bianca Del Rio, who you know is like that. Obviously, I've worked with Bianca as well, and literally how she is on the show is how she is in real life. Where, where, whereas if you look at someone like like a Lagunda Estranda, you know that this kid is really, um, obviously at the time, really trying to play up and, and give give over what they think the judges want or what they think the audience want to see as opposed to just being themselves. Because obviously, mm-hmm. that's what got you on the show is being themselves. And on my video, I was... I felt like, because I watched it back a few weeks ago, I was like, oh my God, the way I am in the video is exactly how I was in the show, exactly how I am now. So, and I feel like I'm too old to be giving it, yeah, let's, put, let's pretend to be someone else because it's exhausting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I did all that when I was at youth theatre, when I was a kid, just just trying to stand out amongst a lot of people. Um, and I, I always think the best way to stand out is just by being being yourself as much as you can. And obviously it's daunting when there's cameras around and that kind of stuff, but I think because I've already got that experience of of working in front in front of a camera in some shape or form, like acting or whatnot, um, or just doing little like think, things on YouTube and that kind of stuff, I feel like I, I already had a head start in not being nervous in front of the camera team because I was like I've already done I kind of done this already. And mm. actually, when you're getting the moment and the zone of of the challenges and whatnot, you actually forget they're there. So you just kind of go right, I'm here now. Good. One thing, actually, when you're saying that, I think when you watch the show, they always put on, like, this kind of thing where, like, there's a cohort of drag queens that come together to film a season of Drupal Drag Race. And they kind of, like, they call it, like, a sisterhood. Mm. Like, a sisterhood or, or, like, I wonder, like, how much is it, like, an actual sisterhood? So, like, if you are in the workroom and there is, like, something you're not sure about, 
would you be happy to go to them or is it actually just like is it just a competition like how much like they play it up on tv but how much is it like that actually I feel like it, it, it definitely is like that. It's definitely a kind of a mix of the two. And again, it depends on, it depends on the individual person. Um, I personally, I don't think I ever even really asked people for help. Not because I was like, I'm in a competition. Because I'm naturally, I'm a Leo. So I'm naturally very much like, I'll do it, I'll do it myself. I'm very, I'm very stubborn that I want to, I, if I can't do something, I will work. I will work out how to do it myself. I suppose to mm. ask for help. I, you know, I find it very hard to ask for help and stuff, um, because I'm a Leo and we just don't do that. We're just like we'll do it. We'll do it as a lone wolf kind of vibe, and we just do it. Um, but you know, I, I got help from like some for like for, for straightening the wig out because I was like, it's just not working. What the hell's going on? She helped do that for me. Um, so it is. It is a case of like we're all. The ten people in this weird bubble, this weird experience, which we're all experiencing at the same time. So I think it is a mix of there's a sisterly kind of vibe because you're all kind of thrown together. And you're going to have to get on, or maybe not get on if you want to make some, some TV moments. Um, but also, I think there is an element of it is a competition, so you don't want to go too too far in. But I suppose if you don't see someone really as a threat, you're not really going to worry about. You know, helping them sew something together because you already know your 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 bits are already right. together. Yeah, that makes it sense. was it was a bit of both, and obviously, uh, from the time I was there, you know, everyone, you know, very early on, people were very much um, clicking with each other as a group and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It's definitely a bit of both. But I suppose if you look at the American one, they do say I'm in a competition, and then yeah. they're hardcore about <laughs> they they don't. All depends on the person. All depends. Yeah. Um, one, I guess one other thing that I, I definitely wanted to make sure that I said to you is that um, in the second episode that you were in, you kind of, they always mm. do it when you are getting ready, like getting into drag and putting their makeup on. And you and some, I think that something wrong, were having a conversation about kind of like what it meant to be a, a person of colour in your case, being a black man and coming out as gay and being a drag queen and mm. kind of like, I think like it's moments like that in the show which I which makes me think that like your one on it has like gone better than you might think it has. Because um, like obviously me watching that um, as a viewer just at home, it's kind of like, it hits, like it's, I don't think it's really been explained in, in that kind of way on such like a, such a grand scale of television kind of like what the experience is for like us being queer people let alone being such an elevated in such like an elevated platform mm. so if though that's like one of the things that like I was like it was really kind of like heartbreaking but still really great to we get to watch mm. yeah it's it's really interesting that because I feel like I've only really explored what it is what it is to be you know a QPOC per person, yeah. um, really, really over the last couple of years, really, or maybe like w w within the time I've been in drag for like what five, five and a half years now. So only really within the last few years of me doing drag and also being being you know, more more in touch with the community because before I was very much like um, yeah I'm gay and I and I'm an actor um and it was very kind of, sort of black and white like i'm gay i'm an actor i i, I go out clubbing i have, I have a, a gym now and again yeah. um 
my friends are most at, at that time are mostly white because that's just that's just how my kind of friendship paths just kind of happened over school and college and that kind of stuff. Um, and I feel like over the last kind of five years, I've definitely um, met su such a great array of um, array of people. And actually, my, my my friendship groups have now changed from being mostly white to being very mixed, very multicultural. I don't I, I don't just mean that in terms of um in terms of races. I also mean that in terms of people's genders, you know, trans, non-binary, um, you know, lesbians. I'm, I'm meeting so many different different people who I literally am like, oh my God, you're, you're amazing. Reg regardless of, of who you are, what you are, um, you're just amazing people. Um, yeah. But I feel like I've only really explored my kind of gayness and being black at, at the kind of same time, only really over the past few years, because I've met more people who have, who have brought up the conversation and made me go, Oh yeah, that's that's a really good point that I've never really thought about. <clears throat> and then on top of that, because I'm because I'm doing drag, I'm I'm on the stage, I'm doing entertainment, and that kind of stuff. I then start to remember, oh shit, because of what I'm doing as well, it's it's also impacting a lot of people. And even doing Jamie, I you know I'd meet, um, I'd get more joy out of going to stage door and having a little black boy or a little black yeah. Boy especially a black boy, I don't know what it is, I think because I think I remember what it's like to be a little black boy who's gay and being like, yeah, yeah what I do. Um, and having that kid punch me and saying, what you've done is, you know, you're, you're really inspiring me. Um, and to me, I, I look at it from the point of view of that something I've been doing since I was a kid. It's my job, but it's also my passion as well. But you don't realise that what you do and your choices that you make as your career um, and going into the kind of spotlight and and going entertainment is you know really impacts a lot of people and you don't realize and you wouldn't realize you know i'm you know yeah. as much as i probably get maybe um the odd message every couple of weeks there's probably there's probably loads of people out there who look at who look at vinegar strokes look at me and go oh my god that's amazing but you know it's it's a lot for me to kind of compute in that kind of way yeah so i don't know it's really interesting when just from that I'm looking at myself and going okay what are my actual views on myself what is my actual story how 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 are my footprints just getting very kind of like you know <laughs> philosophical now but you know I hope I always hope that what I'm doing what I'm saying and what I'm kind of producing and putting out there um is is I don't know it's just is just good and people are connecting to it whether they're whether it's for comedy value or for emotional connection or whatever like that i just hope that people go oh that person's doing something which is of value um and yeah it's 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 in, it's, it's just it's really interesting when you are actively looking into being gay and being black and also being a being a man as well being a boy you know it's, i think there's there's such a there's such a big stigma, especially you know, being black and being a black man. Mm -hmm. There's such a there's such an there's such an, an expectation into what type of black man you should be, and I yeah. think when you add the word gay black man onto that, it throws people out the water. And I think people get a bit like, eh, you know, I don't understand how that's possible. Peter says no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you know, and I'm super gay. I I wear a wig, so I'm like super gay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and what 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 what's so powerful about that is is that actually doing something like what I do, um, I think opens up so many so many conversations and so much. 
not, not opens up, it, it breaks down a lot of that, a, a lot of those walls for young black kids who not, not necessarily want, want to do drag, but they, but they might want, they might just want to dance or sing or write poetry um, or do things that might perceive to be that's too sissy for you because you're black or that's too, that's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that yeah. butcher, that, that's yeah. not, that's, got ma- that's not masculine enough. You're writing poetry, it's not masculine. What, what, what you're doing. And what I always hope is that when a young black kid, especially black boys, look, look at me, they go, I can be a, I can be an artist, whatever artist I want to be, um, but I'm allowed to do that. And there's a space that there's people who want, who want to hear, hear my voice, you know, hear my words, see me dance, hear me sing, whatever like that. Um, and it's, and there's a comfortable space when we do that, you know? Yeah. I think to, um, to add some context to, to that kind of thing, like for me, uh, like to be like a black British queer or, or gay person, um, especially gay male, in fact, I should say, the only other one that I could think of is Justin Fashioning. Mm. who was the footballer mm-hmm. and so if you put yeah. like if we put that in some context like the only the only example that we had kind of like in our media spaces and the things that we consume was one person who um he lived his life mm. but it, it, it lived it lived a tragic it, it was a tragic one so i think yeah. like um mm-hmm. i hate to kind of like put i hate to put like kind of like vinegar strokes next to one sort of thing but i think it does illustrate the point that like um, there has kind of been a lack of um, of representation or people who look like us, who have this, a similar disposition to us, who are actually mm. just like living their lives and thriving or who are happy and kind of like that's kind yeah. of that's kind of like what we're about, what we're trying to do with Black Boy Joy and that's what I think yeah, you're leading up. Yeah, I think that's so important because, especially because because um, J- Justin was was a was a dark guy as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to bring that co- colorism into it. But you kind of have to because I because again I feel like a lot of people think um, ugh, when 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 I look at a lot of my white friends who date black guys, I feel like they only date a certain a certain shade or a certain type of black guy, um, which is a kind of a fetishized version of what they've seen in porn or what they've seen in certain films, and I'm always a bit like um, there are many there's a plethora of of, of gay guys. <laughs> Gay black guys who are gorgeous, but just because they are, they are, they happen to be um, darker than you might might be used to, or even lighter than, or shorter, or a bit fat, or whatever. Um, you know, you're 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 also playing into that into that mm. kind of um, what's the word of the insecurity of what it is to be black and gay and in in the community. Because I think it's I do think it's harder for for gay black guys to find themselves in the gay in, in the LGBT community because still we're trying to find spaces. You know, I, I remember back in the day when when remember um there's a club called Bootylicious in, in London. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we went and my and my my younger half brother who's, who's gay as well, he took me there. I'd never heard of it. i again like I said I, I only only really had white friends. A lot a lot of my gay friends were all white. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and I'd never been to a place like this, and I and I had and I was overwhelmed with how many like queer black women, men in between us were in this one space. I was like, oh my god, how have I never been to a place like this? And I just think it's it's making and I do and again like that will say like 
10, 10 years ago. So we're now talk, now fast forward. And I do think spaces and platforms are a lot louder. We, we are getting more queer black people on telly, on radio, and this, that, the other. But I do think um, there needs to be more people out there who are out proud. And I do think we are seeing it with like Pose and we're seeing it with Drag Race and we're seeing it with, with, uh, with you know, certain shows and whatnot um, and music as well. But I do think um, there's still a long way to go with opening that up and different, even different like organizations like UK Black Pride. Uh-huh. UK Black Pride should be way bigger than what it is, I think. Um, it's on the way. It's only it's only fifteen years old, but I still think it needs to be bigger than what it is. But the great thing yeah. is, but on the flip side of that, the, we we have we have those platforms and spaces. At least we have them. So so I, so I'd rather have it where it is now rather than say there's nothing there's nothing out there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very it's a very interesting topic to to look at in terms of what is it actually like to be a QPOC person in the UK right now. Is there enough representation? Is there enough um, accessibility for young kids to feel comfortable to come out? Because we know culturally, they probably don't feel as comfortable um, even now. But I think if there are kind of people out there that kids can look up to, um, it's it's a great start. And that's why I think having Drag Race here now, shows like Pose and all these things that they can really be accessible to, Uh will, will keep a future just Justin Fashnu, who is, who is an amazing footballer or athlete, who is queer and black, who will keep keep them alive, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, mm, yeah, for sure. I think it extends, affects us particularly as gay black men, but I think black men in general, there's always, even throughout our lifetime, I think things have probably gotten better, but there's always this kind of, you're supposed to be a certain way. And you get it from all angles, you get it from other black people, you get it from, you from other races or genders. Um, and we do need to smash it. Because it's uh, it's limiting. I think it's when people, if you do anything, it's seen as like, out of ordinary for what a masculine black person should be like, a black man should be like. Mm. It's like you see that's like, oh, and I find that media tends to gravitate towards people who will fit into strict stereotypes a lot of the time. Mm. And that's why when you're saying about visibility, that's what needs to be important. But to, you do, to you do realize, but you do realize, Kieran, that the reason why certain stereotypes are being pushed forward because it's pushed forward by white people mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't believe it's actually pushed forward by by um by a group of black people or a casting something or whatever like that like casting models that it's cut it this it's all pushed by white people mm-hmm. and i think there i think there's like there's several expectations within our community of what people are like but mm-hmm. from a visibility point of view, I, I agree with what you're saying there as in like you'll get white casting directors will be like oh you want to be A, B, or C, and then outside of that, there's no grey areas. This is very strict, and this is what we're looking for. And they, they know beforehand who they want on their screen. Like, yeah, I mean, I only, I, I only, I only can really say that confidently, confidently because of because of, I work in theatre. So you know, I've seen a lot tons of musical theatre, and what makes me laugh is usually if they cast a black girl in something, and I use a black girl because this is the most hilarious thing for me so the black girl is always mixed race and she's always got big hair like mel b and i'm yeah. like yeah <laughs> whereas, whereas and, 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 and that's something i've seen a lot over the years now now I'm thinking, pattern, yeah. yeah yeah and now <laughs> luckily you know you know show, show and juliet and hamilton 
where they where they really bring in you know, black talent. I mean, um, and and Juliet, um, the lead girl Mir- Miriam Tigley, um, who plays Juliet, is a dark skinned girl. Um, you know, she she's she's literally like gorgeous, gorgeous dark skin, natural hair. There's no weave up in there. She shaved uh, shaved half of it. She's natural hair and that kind of stuff. She's tall. She 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 looks like a kind of like goddess, like like a, like athletic goddess. Um, pipes for days and that kind of stuff. Um. And that's the and that's the that's Juliet, and which is which you know you would think oh Juliet it's Shakespeare traditionally traditionally a white a white woman just say so I like the fact that these shows are coming forward and you know just changing the narrative and changing changing the idea of who can be a lead a leading lady or who can be a leading man mm-hmm. um, and, I, and, mm-hmm. and I know that and, and Juliet also that with sizes as well like everyone's different size and it's just great so. Yeah, but still, it's a long way to go. But like I always say, it's still pushed by white, the white casting directors. And I, and I always feel like, I've said this before in a few other interviews, um, the only, I, I think the only way to change, say, castings and who is vi- visibly being seen, um, and I mean this from like modelling to acting to music, whatever, is that we need to start making that top level of the casting or people in that who are, who are fortunate enough to be in that industry we need to make that accessible to, to black people um or, or, or people of color who want to be be the next big casting director or the big next director or do you know what i mean so it has it has to start from there i think to filter down into the into the industry like that yeah mm. sorry um you mentioned or you're acting before Mm. Um, I don't know, slightly lighter note. I was wondering, I think you said that you were like a dragter. Is that how I was? Dragter, my love, yes, coin. <laughs> coin, I'm to get that trademark, but yeah, I'm a dragter. <laughs> Which one came first? Was it like the acting or? Oh, acting. oh, yeah, I would not be doing drag if I wasn't an actor. Straight up. Um, right. Like, like the, the drag is literally fueled by my love of. Acting, theatre, cabaret, um, Im- improv, like it's all fueled from that. Comedy, like it's, it's all fueled. If I, if, I didn't, if I didn't start with those, I would never, I would never do drag at okay. all. Okay. What is it that made you do the, like, made, made you like start doing it, start incorporating drag? Was it like just, I don't know, you, like you got a job and had to do it or? Money, literally money. Like, so what happened was I, um, I was, I was, I, I graduated drama school in 2010, 2009, sorry. Um, I was doing the odd kind of like acting job, the odd tour, you know, this, the odd that. Um, and I had a year when literally I was doing nothing. I was like, I was working in Harrods and I was like, I'm going to kill someone because I literally had to wear a black suit every day. I like to wear a bit of colour, do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. you know, I, 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 like, I like a bit of vibrancy, I love it. Um, so I, I literally was like, I'm going to kill someone because I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I thought, do you know what? Let me get, let me just put myself back on the stage in some shape or form. Um, I went to a comedy night, like a, like a stand-up comedy night, and I went, mm-hmm. "What? I can do this. This is, this is easy." Everyone was terrible. I was like, I'm literally hilarious just by sitting here. Like, listen, <laughs> so I ended up doing, um, ended up just putting together like a five minute set i wrote or emailed a whole bunch of places like can i come and do a five minute set they let me in um and i did a five minute set it went down great and you know and i felt that kind of theater fuel come back into my body which which i used to get when i was a kid so like great it's back uh so i started doing that did that for like seven months 
um, a friend of mine ran a bar in in, um, in East London, and he was like, "Oh, um, we're we're doing we're doing like a Halloween night, and Halloween is obviously the night of the, the birth night of drag queens." Yeah, uh, <laughs> crazy. So, um, so I ended up. He was like, "Oh, can you come and do a, a, some stand up for us?" Uh, but can you come dress dress like a witch or something like that? Because it's it, it, like American Horror Story mm-hmm. theme. So I was like, uh, absolutely not. There's no way I'm 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 dressing in drag. No way. Uh, then he said, I'll I'll give you sixty quid. I went, what what time do you need me? I'll be there. <laughs> it, was like, it was my first paid gig. I was like, yes, I'll do it. Um, turns out I spent the money anyway, just on like the costuming and that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, great. Um, but yeah, I did it. I did the gig. It was it was a whole lot of fun. And what's funny was is that I didn't. I don't think I realized that. Oh, this is the missing piece. I always felt like there was something missing for my stand up. Like, this is something I'm like, what is it that I'm missing? I was like, oh, I can do stand up and wear a wig, and it still makes sense. And people are way more engaged when you are dressed up the way you are. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is it. So I did drag a couple more times. Um, I didn't know how I was going to make like, like perform. I really wanted just to like really perform in it properly. Yeah. Um, so I, I basically just like um, produced my own show, my own variety night. I've got a whole bunch of like random cabaret performers who I just kind of hounded off, fa- off Facebook or whatever. Um, and it wasn't really for them. It was more for me just to try out drag in front of an audience. Um, and it all just kind of stuck from there, really. Okay. So, yeah. Amazing. So, mm, so yeah, it's it's a very interesting journey of those five years. Very it is, yeah. So, I think it yeah. sounds like I don't know, like the I guess the typical story is that like um, a lot of like people who become drag queens they do the the Halloween night that seems to be the birth of many a drag queen, and then mm. like they have like the bar system that's in America anyway, and they have quite yeah. a few cabaret nights here in London, and like they kind of like get into a troupe where they do a night, and then it evolves from there. But it kind of you've like mm. kind of come from a place where you already were like a paid actor, and you kind yeah. Of... And I think that's why my 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 kind of approach to drag is is always about creating a performance, creating theatre. A lot, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of drag friends who do it because they're they're, they're exploring they're exploring themselves, exploring gender through their drag. yeah, which I yeah. Think is amazing. You know, I've got a lot of a few trans friends. Who literally started drag and then and then through drag they've realised oh this is who I actually am yeah. they've already had the seed already in their mind already but this has allowed them to flourish and find out how, how they would look and kind of discover what they what would how their life would be being trans um, which I think is great but for me I I didn't have any kind of gender issues with it I didn't I wasn't trying to um, express myself as like a fluid. You know, gender fluid or whatever. I was just like, I think Vinegar is a horny woman from South London. She's been to prison. Um, <laughs> she had a few cocks in, in her time, and that's the drag. Like I was not thinking about myself. It's more about how, who is this woman? How who is this character? So yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, so really, like I'm looking forward just to like getting a, a show out and like actually touring something on my own and just getting out there, just doing my own my own stuff because that's that's where I, that's what I want to doing is just performing yeah it, have you are you like do you have anything like in development like anything in the works yeah so i've got a show that i've got i've, I've had this show that i've been writing for about for, for about four years but i'm i'm now kind of finding what it is now because that's the thing because i've never written like a full show 
Yeah, I've written like obviously sets and that kind of stuff, but mm. I've been trying to find what my kind of lane is. Um, and I've definitely kind of found my influence in being like Bette Midler, Joan Rivers, um, yeah, yeah, Asheray, mm. Eddie Murphy, Whoopi Goldberg. Like, I've definitely found my kind of influences now. It's just kind of putting all that into one vinegar stroke part and just mixing it up to find the show. But, um, I'm writing the show at the moment, obviously, not, obviously, I can't turn nothing until next year, probably. So, writing the show, ready for next year. Fingers crossed, I can get to Edinburgh next year as well. Um, and yeah, just get something on the go. And on top of that, I'm just doing a lot of like presenting stuff online and kind of using using the digital side of life at the moment quite quite a bit just to kind of get get me face up there a bit more yeah um yeah it's i mean it's a lot of work it but at the same time it's it's really fun and um and it when it works it, it fulfill it's very fulfilling yeah have you done the fringe before yeah, so I did uh, the Edinburgh Fringe uh, back in 2017. Um, I was doing a show um, with this company called Rum and Clay. And it was like an improv device piece um, about a trans, a trans man's uh, kind of kind of coming out and realization story essentially um, and, and I played the the Valkyrie in his mind um, and it was incredible like we got we got we got an award for it oh got, amazing yeah it did so so well and it was just one of those shows where you go okay this is again this is the thing like drag's given me so many amazing opportunities um a, a lot a lot of people say oh i bet drag race and jamie were like the, the, the big the best thing to happen to you. i was like yeah they were they were amazing mm-hmm. but like for me I still, I still count the little kind of fringe show the little tiny things that i did before that at, at the same level because for me you know mm. um you know i'm creating stuff and you know i i like i said i thrive at my best when i'm kind of working with people and creating you know proper good old meaty theatre and good work so so yeah it's been it's been a very interesting five years as it were so now yeah. now, I'm, now I'm just looking forward to, to the next kind of couple of years of just getting stuff out there and getting back on the road and doing stuff and creating some some shows and you know just just yeah. just, just doing what I, I love doing really yeah so I myself, if like, if you see, you imagine me having like a weave here. I'm like switching my weave back. I can I... imagine that weave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have also performed on the fringe. <laughs> oh wow! It was like nowhere near the same level. Um, when I was, I used to study music at university. I played the saxophone. Oh, cool! And one of my friends was the was the music director for two shows for um, the what was it, the Rat Pack and the tribute to the Blues Brothers. Oh, nice! And that nice. company have actually won an, an Olivier Award now. Oh, <laughs> very nice! I love the saxophone. Let me tell you, my favorite um, my favorite sax riff that I'm literally obsessed with. You know, have you heard um, that song by Carly Rae Jepsen, um, "Run Away with Me"? I've only heard two Carly Rae Jepsen songs. I'm sure they're not that one. Oh, you know, the, oh, you know call me maybe. I'm on Spotify, listen to Carly Rae Jepsen, the song called Run Away With Me. Um, it's the first song off her, like, her Emotions album. And literally, she's got this song where the, where the sax, sax, saxophone riff is so sick. Like, literally, I listen to just for that riff. It's like, bah, 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 bah. it's so sick, honestly. Oh, amazing. Uh, it's kind like, like, it hits you right here. It's great. I would say get, get it on after this. Turn it up loud. Run away with me, Conrad Jepsen, and let me right. know what you think. It's so good, honestly. It's so oh, good. Okay. 
Well, because Cardi Rae Jackson is one of those people because she had that song, Call Me Maybe. Mm. Not everyone, like, everyone thinks of her as, like, just, like, this kind of, like, pop princess yeah. sort of thing. But then I'm sure she released, like, some sort of, like, electronic kind of album. It's, like, a lot cooler. She, released, she just released um, a new album called Dedication. And then during lockdown, she released, um, like, all the kind of B-side B tracks of, like, another album, like, 18 tracks in this new yeah. album. So, like, so I've, I've only heard a couple of songs like Julian. I've heard a couple of songs in there. But it's really good. It's really good. Um, but that's my favourite. I think it's one of the best pop songs to be written in a, in a long time. Just because of the time, here we go, time signature. And the, <laughs> and the level of the vocals. Honestly, it's so, so good. It's great. I love it. So run away with me, did you say? Run away with me. Probably I sound terrible, but honestly, it's so good. You'll, you'll be like, yeah, Billingham was right. I'm telling you. Right. Yeah, well, I, do like a, I do like a pop tune with a saxophone riff in it. I probably think of like, three off the top of my head. But like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, forget all the... Who, who, who's annoying me? Um, Ariel Grande. She's gorgeous, but it's the same old stuff for me. I'm like, where are the good songs? Mm. <laughs> I didn't like her until she released the latest one. Um, Thank you, next yeah. album. Um, Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite album from her is Dangerous Woman. I thought I think that's a sick album. But again, it's Max Martin. Ma Max Martin, who has literally written every amazing pop song over the last twenty years. Um, yeah, you know. So yeah, it's all it's all Max Martin. So yeah, love it. Oh, you know, bits and bobs of her stuff, like not full albums, but like a lot of singles and stuff. She's got a good Christmas album, though. It's quite short, but... Um... I mean, it's got a Christmas album? Yeah, yeah. I love a Christmas album. Oh, I God. didn't know that. I just, I just found, I found it, you know, Spotify Shuffle, I found it very, very oh, random. Really? Years ago. Like, yes. Christmas album. Do you know who's got a wicked Christmas album? Kenny Clarkson's got a great one. Um, I feel like I feel like Michelle Williams from Destiny Child would, would, would release a wicked Christmas album. She would. Imagine, yeah. Like I feel like Christmas gospel album. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a great Christmas album. She really she would. would. She kind of needs the funding first, though. Oh, I love her. Oh, God. <laughs> I love I've her. got a soft spot for Michelle. Honestly, I love her so much. I mean, she made her money from from the the, the poor Michelle tweets as well. Like, yeah. Smart woman, but I love her so much. Did Did you watch her on the on the Masked Singer? No. Oh, get on YouTube and just type in Masked Singer Butterfly US USA. I I've told you who it is now. It's it's Michelle Michelle Williams, but she's so good. You forget how great her voice is. Like her voice is oh brilliant, brilliant. The thing with her is that like she is obviously she's a very talented singer. She did her she did a great job with Destiny's Child. It's just like, I guess it's just like the power of social media, man. Like, there's poor Michelle, there's all of that. So everyone on, like, only ever thinks of, like, her being, like, the third part of, like, a, yeah. a Poor Michelle broke my heart, you know. Yeah, but, but actually, I think, I, think, I think she's got a, a better voice than Kelly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's, quite, Kelly's quite a soft singer, isn't she? She's, like, soft and she does a lot of the harmonising. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle's, the only thing also in Michelle's was it's powerful, but it can sound a bit strained when she goes high. Um, yeah, I love to think, what I loved about Dusty Child is that they all loved, they were all like so tight together and they all valued what each other did in the group. And then you've got all these people saying poor Michelle. And I think I've had a lot of them are younger fans who weren't like, you know, they're from DC4. 
and like disrespecting one of the members, like, and I just it really annoys me. The Paul Michelle thing does, like, it's just but, I think it's quite nasty. It's, it's kind of there is a banter element too, but I'm kind of thinking like you know, take it seriously. But I'm still I'm still into the, the original four though. Oh, absolutely. Some heroes. And the other one who came in for a couple of songs, Farrah, who was like, oh, I can't bother. I'm just like, oh, um, no, I'm not coming to work today. Okay. <laughs> you come today or, or tomorrow, my love. So, okay. Yeah. No, I, I love DC4. Well, that's... Mm. I think I was probably wearing from 98 when I probably first heard one of their songs. So it's like I literally grew up with them. Yeah. Well, obviously, I didn't we? Um, I feel like I feel like they, they should bring back all six as like as like a as like a disenchanted super group. Mm. <laughs> I think yeah, people float the idea around like there should be a reunion tour, and I would if it was a reunion tour, it's got to, it's got to be at least five of them, like you know the original four and Michelle, like definitely. But I don't know if it will ever happen just because Beyonce is so so big now. Beyonce but I would I would love to I would love to see like a disenchanted reunion tour. If it just if it was just three of them, it wouldn't feel right to me either. But. Mm. Things wishful thinking. Beyond, you only need Beyonce, <laughs> Kelly, and Michelle. You don't need the You don't need the rest of them. Like no, no, no. Because it's like you got different harmonies from when it was four of them to when it was three of them. Obviously, both sets are still really good. Yeah. But there's a, like the writing, the writing on the whole album is Ooh, like DC. Four. Best album. Like, best exactly. Best album. Got... I always feel like everyone's second album is the best album they bring out, and then it's always like a reach to go for the next one. Like. Christina Aguilera has not come past stripped. I agree since. with that. I agree with that. I'm trying to think of the like, now. Like, okay, Pink's second album, When Twinkle Rock. Oh my God, that album was insane. She, but she still had some great albums after that. I'm a big Pink fan. Um, she had some great albums after that. But who else is there? Who, who literally. Christina oh, and the Queen. I don't, know. I, don't know, I don't know if you like her. But, um, I do. Like, I don't know her music that well, but um, but yeah, I just feel like most people bring out a great second album. Katy Perry, I feel like her second album was sick, and then again, it's just a reach to get to. Well, their Prism was a great album. Two years I've going back a bit now, but Erica, for you. Oh, everyone, yeah. everyone, oh yes. everyone hails Mom's I agree Gun. with that. Yeah, I agree with everyone that. Uh, you know what? Mom's Gun is actually it's her second album for me. It was the fifth one I listened to of her. I listen I listened to her albums in a very weird order. And also I thought, you know, Amy, so her so Back to Black, her second album was massive. But I still prefer Frank. But Frank is back the back album. more commercially. Yeah. I, I I collect a lot of vinyl, so I'm always like, whose album is really good? Like I'm literally like all over it. So literally I'm like, I've got so many random albums. Um, mm-hmm. Amy's Frank album is like perfection, perfection, perfection. Yeah, it's like two think, different Amy's, though, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I always think that like people yeah. who people who like who like Amy Winehouse will say that Back to Black is the album. People who are real Amy fans say that Frank is the yeah. best album, and I I think that Frank <laughs> is Frank is the best of both of them. Yeah, because Frank, Frank is a musician's album, definitely. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. Yeah. Frank is next level, and Back to Black is just like your commercialized. Yeah. yeah, I used to be. I had a proper like snobby thing going on because I I listened to I've discovered her when Frank came out. I loved that album, and then I remember like 
back to black. I'd listen to a few tracks not now. I'd listen to it probably a, a bit later down the line. And I just heard people who listen to pretty much just mainstream music talking about Amy Winehouse, this Amy Winehouse, that. I think, what do you know about Amy Winehouse? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, she's really famous all of a sudden. What's going on? Like, I was it kind of feels well known, but not super well known. I was so happy when she was just like, you know, she was just like a gig in, you know, mm. little, little singer, and then and she blew up. I was so I was so angry. I was like, I don't want mm. you to blow up. Um, she, she, she might still be alive if she, if she wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It was like a precious secret as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got we've gone so far off topic now. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. This <laughs> happened in literally every single podcast that we do. Every single one. Really? Oh, hilarious. Um. Right. So I guess right. Um. What is life looking like for Vinegar Strokes now? So how how has she been coping with uh with the lockdown and Miss Rona coming and ruining all of our plans? You know what? As, like, okay. So, first of all, like, I've had a big kind of financial decrease because I've had like a few shows cancelled and gigs, that kind of stuff. But everyone has. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. there's comfort in numbers that it's not just one person has happened to. It's like everybody's happened to. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but I'm very much the sort of person to go, okay, if this, if this isn't something's not working, I'll go, right, what else can I do to make that work or make something else work? So um, I've been doing a lot of like online stuff, digital shows, corporate gigs. I'm doing a quiz to, um, on Thursday with Amazon, which is great. Um, so do you know what I mean? There's been a lot of great stuff to come out of it. Um, I'm working a lot with the producer of Drag Race on, um, on, on the recap shows for Canada's Drag Race. Um, I'm also recapping uh, Holland's Drag Race, which comes out very soon. Um, I'm working on something else with them, which I can't go into just yet. It's very exciting. So, yeah, very good. <laughs> I can't talk about it, but it's really exciting. So, fingers crossed that's going to come out and be very good. Um, music as well. I've got a new song coming out on Friday the 4th of September. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of... I'm just kind of making it work. I'm very lucky that I have Drag Race as my as my kind of platform because people are like, "Oh, can you come do this? Come do that." Um, if I didn't have Drag Race, I wouldn't I wouldn't be working. Do you know what I mean? So I'm still being able to work quite a lot through through Corona season. But um, yeah, to be fair, like it's not been like financially devastating. It's just been like a shift in how I'm getting myself out there, and I'm just doing it all really online, really, which is. Totally fine with me. I'm happy yeah. to rest, to drag up from the waist up. I'm very happy to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really good. I think the arts in general, like theatre, like music, anything, like any the entertainment industry as a whole, have taken like a real beating mm. um, because of coronavirus. So yeah. In, yeah, I think especially people who like make their primary income from that industry has been like particularly hard. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel terrible because obviously I've, I've got a lot of friends who work in theatre and cabaret and drag as well. And I do feel bad because I'm so grateful for the fact that I have Drag Race as a platform that people can still get me on and um, and would want to use me for like their brands or whatever like that because you know it's, it's devastating I've got friends who literally have, to, have had to move out of London back to their family homes because they just can't afford to, to yeah, live in London yeah, yeah. they can't work and, and even if they, they wanted to work somewhere even just getting like a like a shitty bar job is impossible um, you know so, it, so it's, it's tough times it really is but then 
you know, I think you've got to always find the silver lining somewhere. And I think mm-hmm. um, if, we, if this didn't happen, I don't think the Black, Black Lives Matter um, movement would have would have exploded as much as it did this year. And, That's and, true. And, yeah. I think it's always expl- exploded, but like I feel like this is the year when people, white people, were forced to listen and to educate themselves on their own white privilege and that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, that's a massive silver lining. Um, but again, it's again it, it, it comes at a cost, doesn't it? So yeah, you no, know, it's uh, it's very tricky. But I think we are going to get back to a space and a place where um where we are going to be. I don't want to say normal because it doesn't exist, but you know, you get back to a place where you can kind of manage and get back on your feet and kind of put more stuff out there and stuff. So yeah, we shall see. Yeah. I think that I don't know about you, Key, but for me I'll definitely in a state of denial about um this whole coronavirus. <laughs> so um oh, at the at, beginning. At the beginning I won a hundred percent was. So uh, um Kira uh, and I Oh yeah, I remember very well that <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like the doom monger saying to everyone, you know, this virus looks really serious. Like, um, like it looks like very different to SARS. It's very different to birth things. Oh, it's yeah. fine. I didn't catch this. I didn't catch that. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. weeks later, the, the whole country was in lockdown. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, I've, I've really kind of embraced it. But like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this. Like, because before it, I was, I was all over the place. And bear in mind, I love, I loved it. I was. Given it Europe, I was here, there, everywhere. Um, but I, I really kind of embraced the rest, and I decorated my room, which was great. You know, this used to be plain. There was no pictures anywhere. I still a way to go, but like there was no pictures anywhere. I, I started painting again, which I was something I really enjoyed doing when I was a kid. And I was like, I'm gonna get back to painting. Why not? So I actually had a bit of a few weeks. Where I was like, I was actually quite zen, and I felt very relaxed. And I felt mm. very. Yeah. mentally sound and not, and not not saying that I ever have like I don't think I have any kind of men, mental health issues with, with that kind of depression and that kind of stuff but um I just felt very good do you know what I mean yeah um so and I think it's I think it depends on the person how they react to yeah. something because it's so like what, what what are we doing what are we doing but you just kind of go with the flow and see what kind of happens with it yeah and, and make the most out of it I suppose yeah, like, oh, God, I, like, I'm even thinking back to it now. I hate, I, I, I sound like such an arsehole when I say this, so I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> so, um, Kevin and I are, I'll be like festival goers, so we, we go to Glastonbury like every year. And oh, yeah. when Glastonbury got cancelled is when like coronavirus got, became real for me. <laughs> That's when you start paying attention, yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true because obviously it's summer, it's summer festivals, and sometimes when you've got that kind of yearly, um, yearly tradition that you do, and you can't do it, you're like, what? What the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah I totally. Like, I totally understand that for sure. Yeah, and like, um, Kevin and I are based in different cities, so Kevin's actually in Newcastle. I don't think you knew that. Oh, um, are you? Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm in oh, Stratham, yeah. I'm in South West London. So, you know, okay, doing things before is that like, I'd either travel to Newcastle and we'd record together, or he'd come here and yeah. record. And like, it took me such a long time to like, like get around the transition of like having to like go like on Zoom and try to record. I always had like really bad, like, you know, um, you watch like ITV News or something and have that correspondent mm-hmm. on the other side and they're like- Yeah, 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 yeah. And the time of the level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, they always have those frozen smiles cause like, because they don't know when someone's speaking or not. I was like- <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But actually, yeah, yeah I've like learned, I've like I've learned to embrace it now, and we've been able and to. Think of how much money you saved from the travel? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've saved money for sure. We've spoken <laughs> to people that we haven't, we would not have been able to speak to beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Like, like three people. So it is like I think it has put on like a perspective shift. Mm. Definitely. So, it's been a time for a lot of people, the time for self improvement as well, and maybe indulging their hobbies more. Right? And, yeah, yeah. But it's important. To, yeah, it's, it's really important to look after yourself. And I think if you can do it through a creative outlet, whether it's painting or drawing or writing, whatever it is, um, it's really get, it's really healthy. I think I think it's, it's just it's just healthy of going to the gym, like for your body. Mm, yeah. So, but again, again, I've got a very um. I've probably got a very kind of obscure view to stuff happening like this. So I'm always like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone's freaking out. I'm like, I can sleep. I can, I don't, I don't need to leave the house for, for a couple of weeks. Oh my God. I'm excited. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess, like, you would have given, I guess, like, since you're so out and about, I imagine, like, your phone must have been ringing off the hook before coronavirus happened. So maybe it's like, a chance for you to kind of like just like recharge and like get like get some zen so to speak yeah but it was funny is i feel like i've been busier over coronavirus than i've been when i was out like just from digital shows and doing this planning this and recording stuff like that like it's it's just a new version of being busy but i've had i've really enjoyed the kind of days where i've had like a week where i've got nothing to do and i can just kind of like i said i can paint I can yeah. <laughs> Mm. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's been really good. Okay. I just say that I think it's so fierce that you're a vinyl collector, uh, Vinegar. I'm obsessed. I feel like I want to do like a, like a, YouTube, a YouTube series. A lot of drag queens review me, re- review makeup. Why don't I review vinyl records and just go, this is my favorite vinyl? Yeah. I mean, why not? Again, again, you've got to think outside the box with these things. Do you know what I mean? Vinyls with vinegar. How about that? Like, oh, yes. Yeah, here it comes. Vinyl strokes. I don't know. Well, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> is it just like, is it like um, classic vinyl you get? Or like, you know, you've got like contemporary vinyl albums as well. Oh, didn't I, get, you? I get anything, anything I like. Um, I'll I'll get stuff I'll get vinyls from people I haven't even heard of and if, if I like the cover because I used to collect a lot of tapes and CDs as a kid because um, I, I I stream obviously streaming is great and I, I I still stream albums and whatnot but um, I like I like having the the kind of tangible feel of yeah. take something out and actually being connected with it physically because you've got someone who's slaved over an album. Uh, for the best part of a year, and some people aren't aren't Adele. You know, they're not Lady Gaga when they're, when they're making thousands. They're probably just making a little crumb here and there. Yeah. If if to, um, you know, perform whatever. So I always um I always get random. I'll get stuff like I will get your Lady Gagas. I'll get your Adeles. I'll get your Alton Johns. But then I will also get random like albums that I've never heard of. If I like the if I like the name of the songs, I like the cover. I'll buy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, this weekend I went to Brighton and I got um, I got Rihanna's 
Rihanna's rated R album for fourteen pound. I was like, ah, that's brilliant. Yeah, bargain. Uh-huh. Um, that I got Billie Eilish's album because it was on a um, limited edition yellow vinyl, and they normally had. A, here we go. <laughs> this is where I start chatting. Uh, they, they normally had a picture disc and a green vinyl, but they never. I never heard of the yellow vinyl. I was like, I'm getting the yellow because obviously that's sort of the most rare one. Uh, so I got that. I got Paloma Faith. Uh, the architect, mm. and I got um, something else. What did, I, what did I get? Something else. I can't remember what it was now. Plain of Faith, Billy Eilish, and Rihanna. That that was the one. This is the thing. <laughs> <I> only... <laughs> right, yeah. And then for my birthday, I got some as well for my mum. Then, then the week before that, I got more. Literally, like it's a it's a bit of a crazy obsession. But my theory is, if you get the good ones, you can sell them and people stop buying. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All good. People like to buy, but no, I love it. I don't smoke. I don't drink that much. Um, so why not collect the vinyl? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's a good. In- I think it's a good indulgence to have. I yeah yeah definitely. And they Are sound you- better. They honestly sound better than streaming. They I, do, I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but they just sound a bit more like, you know, rustic. There's, 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 there's something, something more sexy about them, I think. Someone tried to explain this to me once. I had, it's not, a, a, it's not an ex, but like there's a guy that I was seeing who like... Oh, <laughs> which, which app? Um, Tinder. <laughs> oh, Tinder. There's always an app, there's always an app. Yeah. And he was into vinyls. And like, mm. at the time, I was like very much like, why, why are you wasting your money in vinyls when you can get it in a second on like Spotify or whatever? <laughs> but then after that, like I did realize that um, like if you if you like get a, if you get a CD and you put it on the um, like on the on the recorder thing, and you uh, start mm. listening to it, you like you have to sit and listen to the whole album, and they're trying to explain like the frequency is wider so you can pick up more of the sound. So I think, like, mm-hmm. for whole album experiences, it's just, it is just better. It's, like, it's more of an experience than just, like, when you're that's on a commute. That's what it is, yeah. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's just something, there's, to me, there's just something better about having, about um, listening to um, the vinyl than it is to stream. Obviously, I still stream if, if I'm out on the street. Of course, yeah. But, yeah. Like, but um, I know there's just something really good. And can you imagine you, you rocking up to that guy's house and he's got, I don't know, He's got someone playing on, on the on the vinyl player. There's candles and that scratch comes from you two kissing and it's much better to bump it off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to you know Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions was the first album I listened to mm. all the way through as a vinyl, and it was a revelation. Mm. So my first yes. album I ever bought on tape was a table CD. My first CD album was Spice Girl Spice because I was like, I'm that old. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and I just bought um, that same album on vinyl. And I'm telling you, it's taking me all the way back to to, to 1995. Yeah. And the vinyl is white. It's just it's just great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Oh my first album. Wow. I feel like I shouldn't take. We shouldn't take up much more of your time. Oh gosh! It, it, oh god, we've been going all night. But that's the <laughs> thing, like you know, oh. once I talk about vinyls, I'm I'm on it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? Any last thing that you want for? Uh, want oh, to do? Yes, 
Um, so you can catch me on Wild Presents and Wild Presents Plus and YouTube with Candice Drag Race Extra Recap. And also coming in a couple of weeks, we've got um, Holland Extra Recap. Uh, I have another project show coming up very soon, the Vinegar Stroke show, but I can't go into what it is. That's coming out very soon. Um, please buy my single. It's called Surrender. It's coming out on the 4th of September. And it's, uh, can, can I say fuck? It's fucking great. It's really great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> asking for this, for a follow-up from my first song. I was like, yeah, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's finally here. So, um, so yeah, and I'm also working on some, some more music as well. Um, I've got a charity single for Black Lives Matter coming out in October for Black History Month as well. So I'm just working on that as well. So yeah, so lots lots of music. Follow me on Instagram, The Only Vinegar Strokes. And um, yeah, nice. Amazing. <laughs> so that is Surrender. That's out on the 4th of September, which incidentally yeah, is Beyonce's yeah. birthday. I, I, I want to give you a oh, is it? Quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure everyone spend your coins. Go spend out and that, buy it. Spend that. I think it's 99p. Please give it to me. I need to pay my rent, please. <laughs> yeah, Spotify. What is it? Spotify and iTunes, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's great. And um, we've, well, we are Black Boy Joy. We are available on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts. If you are a subscriber on Apple or iTunes, you can leave us a great. Uh, five star review and a glowing write up that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're available on um, Instagram that is at Black Boy Joy Podcast and uh, Twitter that is at Black Boy Joy Pod. Um, do you want to put your socials out there, Vinegar? Uh, my socials you can catch me on Instagram at the only vinegar strokes, Twitter at the only vinegar, and Grinder. You can catch me on there. <laughs> Um, I'm not picky. I've not really got a type. Um, as long as, as long as you've got a job and your own teeth, um, I don't mind. Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity colours. Um, I'll go. I don't mind whatever colour you are. We'll go for it. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. <laughs> so, um, so I've just I've literally just just subscribed to Black Boy Joy. So if I can do it, everyone can. So yeah. <laughs> Like, honestly, like, half of our conversation is about what it's supposed to be, and half of it is about, like, our favourite, like, our favourite bad bitch. Oh, hell but Vera. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we are so, so, so grateful for you to take the time Thank out you. to speak to us. Really? Yeah, no worries. And if I'm in your, if I'm, I'm in Newcastle or South London or, Bur or Birmingham, if you're going to be, uh, I'll be Birmingham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little drink. Definitely. Absolutely. Hit us up. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Ever so much. Lovely to meet you both. Thank you. Have a good night. See you guys. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.